Good morning, good evening. Thank you so much for listening to Devoted with Bernice. Today is uh, a day that is filled with so much business that I was like, oh my God, I want to have time to record this. But I hope that your, your week is not as busy as mine is, that you're enjoying the, you know, the weather wherever you are, if it's cold or snowing or summertime or spring whatever your you know um your weather is i hope that you're taking advantage of you know um the earth that god has created created for us to enjoy anyway thank you so much for tuning into devoted today my name is bernice and i'm the host of this podcast so we've been talking about um perversion I believe this is like the third one, third episode, and um, no, this is the fourth episode, and this is uh, Jezebel, basically exposing Jezebel part two. So today we're going to touch base on, you know, how to identify the spirit of Jezebel, you know, uh, in men, in women, um, just how to identify it, and how to basically not just identify, but how to um, deal with it, how to interact, how to basically handle it when you do uh, identify it. And so let's go into worship and then we'll go into prayer. This is a perfect moment to dump everything you've been carrying for the last seven days and lay it at the altar of God and say, God, have it all. Father, take my sorrow, take my pain, take my shame, take everything, God, that is unlike you, God. Take it out of us now, God. We declare that you can have it all. Somebody open your mouth and say, have it all, God. Come on. Shake me, Father. Make me over again, Lord God. Come on, this is a corporate worship right here. I dare you to open your mouth and tell God to shake me. Come on. He can have it all. Somebody's on the edge of your breakthrough right now. The breaker. The king. He's here to put you on the potter's wheel again. You may be broken, but he can make you over again. All I need is about 18 people that will tell God, Father, this morning. Have it all, God. You can have 
That you enjoy that song. The song is called Covenant Keeping God by All Nations uh, Music. And I have been listening to that song literally like on replay. The composer the composition. <laughs> I don't know why today I feel like English is uh anyway, the composition of the song the composer i just wow she did an amazing amazing job putting the song together it's just i mean i'm i have a musical ear so when i listen to a song i don't listen to it like everybody else i hear different sounds and you know pick up the different instruments but wow i was just blown away when i first heard it it came on my pandora and i heard it i was like whoa i need to i need to i need to find a song and i've been listening to it since then so i hope that it blessed you that is such a powerful song that yes indeed he is a covenant keeping god and she did an amazing amazing you know the alto the alto whoa the alto were amazing like they hit the notes anyway i could talk about music all day but um, thank you again for tuning into Devoted with Bernice. So let's go into prayer um, before we start this um, message. Father, we thank you and we bless your holy name, God. We exalt you above everything. We, we welcome you here, Adonai. We ask you for your presence, God. We know that you are indeed a covenant-keeping God, that there is nothing that you will not do, God, that does not show your glory, that does not show your might, Father, because indeed you are Jehovah. You are the God who sits high and looks low. You are the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Abraham, and even the God of who we are individually, God. You have made us as your own image, Father, and so we just say thank you for that. We thank you for the things that are happening right now, God. It could be worse, but Father, we just take a moment to just say thank you. Thank you for the ability to walk. Thank you for the ability to just stand. Thank you for the ability to just breathe, God. Thank you, God, for peace. Some people might not have peace, but Father... We thank you for the amount of peace that we have, that we can sleep peacefully at nighttime. Father, we thank you that, Lord, you are always by our side, that you never leave us, Lord, that you never forsake us. And so we just say thank you, God, as we come together to, to worship you and to pray, God, and to and to learn about what it is that you want us to learn from your word, God. I pray, the Lord, you unveil the word of God to us, that we will be able to get comprehension. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you will be the teacher here 
here that you will speak your word through me, Father. I yield myself to you, Adonai. I yield myself to you, Holy Spirit, that you will use me as your vessel today. I pray the Lord, let my mouth be edified by you. Let my my mind be sanctified by you, God. Let my my spirit, God, be in tune with you, Jesus. That everything that I speak, God, will be from you and you alone, Lord. I pray the Lord, those that are listening, those that are d- dealing with th- things in their personal life, God. Those that are even dealing with um, non-things, non-perversive things, Lord. I pray the Lord, you will intervene for them. That yes, indeed, you see all because your eyes go to and fro, Lord. You know all and you see all. You are the God that know the mysteries of men, Father. And so, Lord, I pray that, Lord, everything that they are dealing with, God, you Yes, indeed, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. I pray that, Lord, they will lay it at your feet where it belongs because they cannot carry it anymore. God, I ask the Lord, they will increase in faith and increase in trust in you because you are a father that cares. God, you are a father that cares about your children. And so I pray that, Lord, they will have faith in you. Let faith arise in them today. Let trust arise in them today. Let peace arise in them today. Let joy, yes, arise in them today. Let happiness arise. Arise in them today. Let contentment arise in them today, Father. And those that you call to move in, into new territories, to move into new assignments, to move into new places, uh, to move into new things, Lord, I pray the Lord, they will have the bonus that they need to be able to move forward, God, and do the work that you call them to do. Yes, oh God, you have made a pathway for them. Your words of the Lord you will direct our steps according to your word that there would there would not be any sin that will rule over us father as you said in psalms and so father i pray the lord let every sin that has snared them over the years lord the sin of perversion the sin of lust the sin god of homosexuality the sin that has come and crept in into their life to cause them to feel stacker to to cause them to feel like they cannot be able to move forward and do what you call them to do god you are the god that sees the heart and the minds of men and so father i pray the lord you will search them even them even now god every inkling of of desire to be free lord i pray the lord you will take it into perspective and deliver your people father i ask the lord everything that they are holding on to in their lives that is opening the door for for, for the spirit of perversion to stay i pray the lord they will release it lord they will release it. Holy Spirit, reveal it to them now as I talk about this message, Lord. That they will release it, Father. And I pray the Lord, we send the spirit of Jehu against any Jezebelic spirit that has come to try and sneer them and cause them to feel stuck, to cause them to feel like they cannot pass through this, this bridge, Lord. They cannot pass through this this partition of the of the sea that you've placed upon them. Oh God, I pray the Lord, you will send a Moses. Oh yes, you will send a Moses to help them, Lord, to cross over, Father, to cross over into the promised land. Oh God, there are many of them that are stuck, God, in Egypt, but there is a Moses that will arise and help them to cross over. And so, Father, I pray the Lord, they will not look behind them, but they will look forward, God. They will not look behind them, but they 
they will look forward. And so I thank you for this message that you're going to bring today. I pray, the Lord, everything I'm going to say be edified by you, Lord. I yield myself to you completely. And I saturate this time with the blood of Jesus. Let your will be done. Let your angelic host, Lord, encamp around me and your people as well. Let the Spirit of the Lord dwell in this place. I pray even now, the Lord, your word says, the Lord, you will you will send your angels, God, to watch over us so that our feet would not hit a stone. So, Father, as according to Psalms 91, I pray the Lord, you will send your angels, your angelic host of defense, Lord, to cover your people and to cover myself as well. I thank you and I bless your holy name. And it's in your name, Lord Jesus, we do pray. Amen.
So before we we before we continue with our Jezebel exposing Jezebel um part two, I want to um share this message that the Lord was leading me to, and to just edify you. Um, I feel like many people, uh, you know, what I'm discerning is that many people are falling into temptations. You know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that. Temptation is not from God, okay? Test, test is from God. God likes to test us, you know. He will test us to see, like how he tested um, uh, Abraham, you know, with Isaac, right? Uh, God likes to test us to just see where our heart is and also um, to help us even more mature in, in, in believing in him and trusting in him. But the enemy comes to tempt us, right? Uh, just as he... He tempted, you know, um, Eve, you know, in the garden. That's where it started, right? Uh, and he's been tempted since then. Uh, there's a lot of temptation that happens when you are in the world, especially if you're dealing with the spirit of perversion. You will always be tempted. That is part of the the assignment of the enemy is to tempt, to cause you to fall into temptation. Um, and so uh, the Bible says in Matthew 5, 30, Let's look at that. It says, and if your right hand causes, um, okay, let's go to 29. It says, if your right hand causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to, ca to be cast into hell. 30, if your right hand causes you to sin, this is what it says you to do. Cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perished than for your whole body to be cast into hell, to be cast into hell. So what does this mean? What is this saying? You know, one thing about temptations that is that it comes, you know, the enemy liked to tempt, he tempted Jesus, right? He waited for you know, he, he tempted him. Jesus used the word. And then at the end, you know, Jesus had, um, there were ministering angels that came to minister to him. But the, the end of the that uh, Bible verse says that the, the enemy waited for an opportune time. You know, the enemy doesn't just show up. He waits for an opportune time, a, a time that he, he can he can discern or see that, okay, you know, uh, he might have an, a great time for you to be able to fall into temptation. You know, maybe you might be at a certain place or you, you might be listening to a certain thing or watching a certain thing. The enemy can use those things if it's not of God as an opportune time to enter in and cause you to fall into temptation. One thing that I always tell people when they are struggling with temptation is to, in the face of temptation, if you cannot remember a Bible verse that can help you, like how Jesus used a Bible verse, you know, against the enemy's, you know, uh, temptation, what you can do is ask yourself, you can do it verbally, is this the will of God for me? Okay, if you are in temptation to maybe steal some pens from the job, is this the will of God to steal pens? No, 
you know, if you are in temptation to watch, you know, as we're talking about perversion, maybe you are, you know, somebody dealing with pornography, you are, you are tempted to watch porn. Every time you attempt to watch porn, ask yourself, is this the will of God? And you would definitely know this is not the will of God, right? Maybe you, you are a guy at, at work and you have, you have a, um, a, 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 you, you have a, a, a wife at home, but for some reason, you, you know, you are fancying one of the girls at your job and you know, you are a husband, right? But then you are almost about to step into adultery. And in the midst of that, you have to ask yourself when you keep looking at your coworker in a seducing way, because it says in Matthew 5, um, Matthew 5, uh, I believe 28, 20, yeah, 28, it says, but I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so uh, if you're looking at her lustfully and she's not your wife, then the same, you know, you already, it's almost like you already slept with her, you know, in your heart. And the same with women, you know, if we look at a man with lustful eyes, we are committed adultery, you know, in our heart toward that person. And so in the, in, the, in the face of temptation, you know, when you're at work with those temptation happening, you have to ask yourself, is this the will of God? In, and when you do that, the Holy Spirit will convict you. You will feel convicted. If you don't feel convicted, then I, I, am, I, I, don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. But you should feel convicted. It, it should be some, some inkling of conviction that will happen in your heart, okay? Uh, if you don't feel convicted, then you need to start to pray and fast, really, like, because you need to uh, get your spirit man in charge of your flesh. Because if you don't feel convicted, when you ask yourself, is this the will of God for my life, then that means that your spirit man is weakened, that your spirit man is not in charge. Instead, your physical, your, your, your physical body is more in charge of you. We are, we, and we are to be led by the Lord, right? We are to be led by the Lord because in, in Romans it said that, you know, um, those that are led by the, 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 the Spirit of the Lord are the sons of God. So if you're led by the Holy Spirit, you are a son, you're a daughter of God, uh, and you obey the Word of God. So it's important that we, we remove ourselves from temptation. You know, here in uh, Matthew 5, 29 to 30, it talks about how it says that cut off, you know, if one of your members is causing you to sin, then cut it off. Now, I just want to clarify this, that it does not necessarily mean that you have to cut off your fingers or your hands or you know, your right hand or, you know, to cut off your right eye. It doesn't, or pluck it out. It doesn't really mean that verbatim. It means that um, when you are, when your your eyes is causing you to sin, it's important that you remove that thing that is causing you to sin from your eyes so that your whole body does not sin. So what am, what am I saying? For example, you are somebody who maybe struggle with pornography, and you're watching a PG, a P, uh, not a PG thirteen, a, a TVMA, you know, TVMA um, uh, show, and you know there's gonna be a sex scene, right? So when you watch that, it's gonna open a door for you to wanna later on watch, you know, porn. 
And so what, 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 how does uh, Matthew 5, 29 apply to this? If your, eye, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for, your, for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. So what does it mean? Is that it means that you have to remove that thing that is causing you to look at that thing out of your presence. Okay, so remove that thing that is causing you to sin. So what is that thing? The, the TVMA show that you're watching that has a sex scene that, or a naked scene that is causing you to fall back into pornography, right? It doesn't mean that you pluck out your eyes, but you, 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 basically, um, you basically prevent your eyes from seeing that. You, you, um, you, um, you, you remove that thing from your eyesight so that your eyes does not feed, is not fed by that thing. You, 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 don't, you, you don't give your eyes privilege to watch those things because you, you don't want your other members, you know, your other uh, physical parts to start to feel excited and to start to feel all those things that happen, you know, um, so that you fall into temptation, even your heart to start to lust, right, after what you're looking at, and that's, you know, adultery. And so that's what it means. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that you cut off your, your eyes or you pluck your eyes out or you cut off your hands or your feet. If that was the case, then, you know, everybody would be without limbs, right? Many of us will not have fingers and hands and feet, right? It doesn't really mean necessarily to go and do that, but it's meaning that, you know, uh, remove your eyes completely from that thing so that your whole body does not cause you to sin, okay? Um, I want to look at First Corinthians 15.33. I want to look at that because um, I, want, I want you to look at another example of what this is saying, 15.33. So let's, let's open that part. Uh, 33 it says here it says do not be deceived evil company corrupt good habits awake to righteousness and do not sin for some do not have the knowledge of God I speak this to your shame so uh, we see here that you know Apostle Paul is talking about how it's important that we have good company around us. Now, I'm not saying that um, you shouldn't make friends, you know, but you should make friends according to your grace, okay? It's really important. You, ha- you make friends according to your grace. There are people that I can evangelize to, and there are people that I cannot evangelize to. I make friends that are not Christians because I desire to evangelize to them. That's why I, I would be talking to a non-Christian. Most of my friends are Christians. I would say... of them are Christians. I leave 5%, you know, for God to bring in somebody that that can be led to Christ. Um, Why am I saying this? Is that Matthew 5, uh, 29 to 30 um, is linked to 1 Corinthians 15, 33 and also... uh, Proverbs 23, 7. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks, so is he. Um, your association can also cause you to have to, you know, pluck out your right eye or cut off your right hand. Some of you, your association 
is basically um, your right hand. What am I saying? I'm saying that your uh, the people that are in your circle are the right hand that you need to cut off. Okay? The people that are around you, the certain people around you, uh, is what you need to remove, pluck out. There's a saying that if you want to know where you're going, look at the people that you hang out with. If you want to know where somebody is going in their lives, look at the five, the, the, the closest five people in, their, in that person's life. Okay. And I want you to examine that because some of you need to pluck out that right eye. And that right eye might be people around you that you have. You know, uh, some of you might have to cut off that right hand. Because, uh, for example, if you're at a job and people are gossiping, you know, you might be a Christian and you're like, I'm not gossiping, but I'm just around them. The thing is that the more you're around them, the more it starts to feed you. Okay, if you're not feeding them, then they're feeding you. And what happens is that because you are hearing it, right, uh, eventually your hope, you will start to think about it. And then you start to also gossip or use curse words. So it's important that, you know, uh, during temptation, you really remember, you know, who you are, one, right, and, and who you're serving. You know, it's important that you, you ask the Lord, God, you know, is it your will for me to hang out with these people? Is it your will for me to, you know, do this? Is it your, is it, is it your will for me to desire this or do that or not do this or, or go here or go there? Because temptation is rising each and every day. There are more people falling into temptation than you could ever think. And I want to share this short um, message. I remember in, in school, I'm not going to say which school, I'm not going to say where, that I don't want to, you know, um, say too much. Anyway, in school, um, there was this guy that I knew, and, um, you know, he wanted to join a certain uh, group of people at school. And I remember, like, it was yesterday. I remember it. And um, at that time, you know, I was a, I was dreaming, and I would see things in my dream realm, and God was talking to me uh, at that time, but I didn't even know anything about prophets and all of that. Uh, and so he told me that he's going to go join this group. And um, I told him immediately, I felt within me, like God was like, tell him not to join the group. And, and, and the Lord told me because those group of people, they use drugs. And so I told him, I was like, hey, don't join the group. I, I felt this like boldness come upon me. Like I needed to release this. I needed to tell him what, what I was, you know, at that time I say what I was sensing, what I was, you know, discerning and, and, and seeing what God was telling me. Um, and I was actually warning him, you know, of what, what was going to happen if he joined the group. I was, I was, I didn't even know, you know, there was such, such a thing as, you know, a, a warning prophecy. And I was warning him. I was really like, I, I remember I, was, I felt very intense about this. Like I, I felt like it, it was like a mission of mine to stop him. Like I needed to stop him from joining this group. But, you know, you can't really stop people from doing what they want to do. Uh, and so he joined a group and 
um, he fell into temptation. He was around the thing, and I, I, I know that he remembered what I told him when he encountered, you know, the, the people in the group using drugs. Uh, I, I know that he probably thought about what I said, but the thing is that he was around it. And if you're around something, eventually the enemy will get you to notice it. And when you notice it, he, the enemy will get you to not just notice it, but actually do it. And so he started to use drugs too. Uh, I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't know what happened, but um, it was a very, I remember the Lord telling me, like Bernice, tell him, tell him, you know, to not join that group. And I remember I went to my, my room, my dorm room, and I was like, I just, I sent him a long message after I talked to him, like, don't, and I, I, I didn't know what to do. But the thing is that people, um, they make their own choices, depending on, you know, what they want to do in life. They make their own choices. But you have to ask yourself, is this the will of God? And so that's the message for today. When you come in, in the midst of temptation, when you, you hear somebody warn you to do something, just take it into perspective and pray about it, about it. Because you never know, you know, that could literally save your life. It's not every group that you should join. It's not every place that you should go. It's not every party, everybody that you should be connected to. Uh, and I'm not saying this as, you know, don't make friends or, you know, don't associate yourself with people. Uh, the, 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 the life that we live, the, 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 the world that we live in, it's a very, uh, a very intense world, a very uh, cunning world, a very uh, seducing world. It's a lot of things happening. You just have to be very careful, you know, um, because if you're not strong, if you don't have the grace for it, you will be pulled into it, Okay. If you don't have the grace for it, you will be pulled into it. There are certain places that I've been to or certain people that I've tried to connect with to, to uh, basically lead them to Christ. But I realized that I was actually, you know, laying my pearls at the feet of swine. I mean, you know, swine. I was laying, I was laying my pearls at the feet of, you know, um, swine. If you know what that uh, Bible uh, proverb says... You know, you don't want to lay your pearls at the feet of swines. You don't want to lay your pearls at the feet of pigs because they will just stumble over it and destroy it. You have to discern and know when, you know, you are not affecting them. And I had to literally, like, cut off, you know, the relationship. I had to cut off certain things, you know, certain people that I had a relationship with. Why? Because that was my removing, you know, removing um, the, the right eye, plucking it out. That was me cutting off my right hand. Did it come with great privileges? Did it come with great things about them? Yes. But some things about them were not good for me, right? And so you have to realize, you have to ask yourself, is this the will of God? Okay? So let's go into... Um, the teaching today.
So I had a song break, and the song that I played was a song by Tasha Cobbs. I love her songs. It's called In Spite of Me, okay? The Lord uses us in spite of us. You know, God, he, he knows the beginning from the end. He knows how things are going to play out. Um, and, you know, with me sharing about um, what I should about, you know, about the guy, um, God is using him. God is using him right now. God is making him who he called him to be. Um, maybe you might be somebody that dealt with, you know, some addiction, you know, from your past. God can use you, you know, God does not just look and say, oh, you've sinned, you've done this. So no, no, he can use you. Okay, I remember I was listening to Clubhouse and there was this guy who used drugs, but now he's like, he gave his testimony that he used to be, you know, on drugs, but God, you know, protected him, God um, helped him get deliverance, and now he is um, a pastor, he's, you know, uh, preaching and all of that. So God can do the miraculous. I believe that people who find themselves in um, a very um, difficult place in life, a uh, place where it's like they hit, you know, the lowest of low. It, I, I believe that God has a great mission on their life. God has a great purpose. That's how the enemy attacks them, you know. But anyway, all things work together for our good. So God can use you. God can use all the people that I talked about. You know, both of those guys, God has used them and is using them. Okay, so uh, just don't fall into temptation. You know, we, we triumph over temptation. We don't fall into it. We combat the enemy with, with the word of God. And he will leave. The Bible says that, you know, turn to God first. Resist the enemy. And then he will flee. Many people resist the enemy and does not turn to God. They turn to their own might, their own ability. And the thing is, you cannot defeat the enemy with your own ability. You have to defeat the enemy with the ability of God, with with the word of God, with who God is. So you have to remember to turn to the Lord first, resist the enemy, and the enemy will flee every time. All right, so let's go into the teaching uh Jezebel part two part one we were talking about you know who Jezebel is basically looking at you know the history of her in the word of God uh we looked about how who she is according to Ephesians you know we said that uh we fight we fight on against flesh and blood right we talked about how uh Revelations 2 20 about who you know what Jezebel does she 
has you know um teaches sed- uh, seducing uh she teaches seduction um practices of sexual immorality eat uh eat food sacrificed to idols and all of that and then we looked at uh you know first king sixteen thirty one about the genealogy of Jezebel, like how she came about. And also we looked at we looked at first Kings nineteen one to three about Elijah and also uh I'd say second Kings nine thirty six to thirty seven about how she died. Okay, that's my favorite part, how she died. And so today we're gonna look about how to identify the spirit of Jezebel. The reason why I'm talking about Jezebel is because people who have the spirit of uh, perversion, you are influenced by Jezebel to sin. The person that you're looking at, that you're lusting after, that is dressed seductively, that person has a a Jezebel spirit. They're not just dressing seductively just to dress seductively. A person who has the Holy Spirit within them will not come outside of the house dressed seductively. They will be convicted before they even step out. And so when you see somebody dressed very seductively, realize that it's the spirit of Jezebel, the seducing part of Jezebel. Jezebel has two parts, manipulation, control, okay, or seduction. And those people who dress seductively have a Jezebel spirit. And those are the the people that feed people who have, you know, pornography issues, um, uh, masturbation issues, adultery issues, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh issues, those that are have homosexuality, you know, lesbianism issues. Those people are fed by Jezebel. That's why we're talking about this. So uh, Jezebel is a very strong, well, powerful, self-righteous, religious, controlling, and manipulative spirit. Women who operate in Jezebel spirit enjoy the power of control and manipulation. When you see a woman who doesn't want to, you know, submit to her husband, I would say 90% of the time she has a Jezebel spirit. Because, you know, the word of God says that we are to submit one, one, we, we are to submit to our husband's as you know our husbands submit to us it's it's both ways but there are some women that want to you know put on the pants and sometimes it's not always because uh they don't want to submit it's because you know somebody hurt them in the past you know they they submitted to somebody and the person helped um, the man hurt them or they have some you know father issues and it, it can go for uh, men too right men can have mommy issues so they don't want to submit to your wife. But, you know, it says submit one to another, right? Uh, but as women, as wives, we have to submit to our husbands or our future husbands. Uh, and so they, women who have the spirit, they feed off, you know, manipulation and control. And they find it extremely difficult to surrender their will and desires to a man. Most of them normally have a hard relationship with God. They have a trust issue when it comes to the Lord. And I say the power of control and manipulation because um, they normally use this as a source to gain power, to gain dominance over, you know, a man. And sometimes even over a woman. 
you know, if they have, you know, friends, they would like to be in charge of that person. And it's not in their authority to be in charge of that person because that person is probably grown, right? Uh, this directly affects their relationship to surrender to any authority and therefore blocks and hinders a real relationship to Christ. When a man does not take his rightful position as a husband, you know, as a man of the house, there will always be a woman operating under the spirit of Jezebel. Uh, if you are a man in the house that does not want to take your position as a husband, the spirit of Jezebel will come into your wife and take position and be the, the head of the house. Okay, maybe at a job, you don't want to take a position as a leader, as a man. The spirit of Jezebel is always looking to see a place where a man is not, is not, you know, performing his duties or being the man in charge of that position. Okay. Um, and so that is always the case. When you see that happening, it's because the man has relaxed. Because men must be in position under the headship, um, under the headship, under the headship of Jesus Christ, <clears throat> and they have to have a strong way of letting the Lord lead them. Right. That's why it's important that men are to pray. Right. Um, if this is not taking place, whether in the workplace or the home or the church. Jezebel is ruling that space, okay? And I have seen this happen. There are, you know, marriages. I'm very observant. There are marriages where I've seen the woman, like, basically being the the man in the relationship. And, you know, that is the spirit of Jezebel. And then, and then the man becomes like the woman. And that's the spirit of Ahab on the man. Okay, so... Let's look at 1 Kings 21, 5 to 7. It says, Then Jezebel, his wife, came to him. And who is, you know, uh, his wife? Who is the him? Uh, his wife is Jezebel, and the him is Ahab. And asked him, Why is your spirit so troubled that you have not eaten? And he said to her, Because I spoke to Naboth, the uh, Jezreelite, and said to him, Give me your vineyard for money. Or if you prefer, I will give you another vineyard for it. But he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. Jezebel, his wife, said to him, Do you now reign over Israel? Get up, eat food, and let your heart rejoice. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. So this is a woman who want to basically take charge and say, You know what? If he doesn't want to give you the vineyard, then I'm going to go take it from him right um basically uh taking authority over place and control over place that she's not supposed to uh let's see so Jezebel in in leadership is a very common thing i have seen Jezebel in leadership so many times um before, I was not able to discern it, but now I am. And, you know, don't go around calling people Jezebel until you actually allow the Holy Spirit to help you discern it and actually um, see the, the, the Spirit manifest in front of you. One thing about the Spirit of Jezebel is that if it cannot control you, it will try to manipulate you. If it, if it cannot manipulate you, it will try to control you. And so I can always tell because it uses those two 
tactics. You know, the enemy does not have any new plans. He used the same thing. He used the same thing over and over. So you will find that this spirit in many pastors, as well as pastors' wives. And I know somebody's like, oh, you're coming for pastors? No, I'm not coming for pastors. And even leaders, leaders out of the church, you see that spirit on them, okay? But I'm talking about pastors because um, this spirit likes to enter pastors. This spirit likes to be on leadership, okay? I will tell you right now, out of, I would say, Four out of six, okay, churches I've been to, I have seen a Jezebel spirit in a leader, okay? I have seen it in a leader. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that, oh, I just look at the leader, I'm like, yep. No, I have done my research, I've prayed, I've asked the Lord to show it to me, okay? That spirit of, you know, Saul after uh, David is a Jezebel, is a type of a Jezebel spirit, okay? Control, right? So... Uh, this spirit can be found in pastors. I have seen pastors that are in leadership, high leadership positions with this spirit, okay? So it doesn't mean that just because, you know, you are struggling with perversion that, um, you know, uh, you are the only one. But there are people who are in leadership positions that are, you know, great authority. But, you know, some of them don't even know that they have this spirit, okay? And some people know. Um, that's how they get deliverance. But I would say this, that spirit of Jezebel likes to enter pastors. That is, that is the main place that it likes to go because it wants to stop the growth of what God want to do. Okay, That's why you find some churches that have a religious spirit. You have a religious spirit because the spirit of Jezebel likes to cause lack likes to halt, you know, the move of God. And religious churches, religious spirit churches, they don't like to um, allow the Holy Spirit to lead and do what he, he wants to do. They like to put control over it, okay? Uh, the Jezebel spirit in leadership, in, in leadership is a stronghold that typically controls and eventually destroys entire con- congregation. Leaders operating under this spirit Spirit enjoy the power and control they have over others. People who are in occults, okay, occults, you will see the spirit in occult leaders. Occult leaders like to have control over everybody. You got to tell them where you're going before you go. You cannot go to other people's churches. If you're going to take a vacation to go see your family, you have to tell them. You don't got to tell your pastor that, you know, but occult is a whole level of, you know, um, divination. Anyway, they, uh, so the, this spirit in leadership causes the leaders to, to desire this more than the deliverance and freedom they can receive from the Lord. Because remember that, you know, when you're under the influence of a spirit, you, no, normally, if you're not great at discerning, you will think that's how you are. Okay, that's why when I, I meet, you know, little kids and people are like, oh, that's how she is. Or that's how he is. No, you have to discern that is not how a normal child should be acting. You know, and a normal child should not be doing those things. You know, uh, it's not normal. 
Like you have to look with your spiritual eyes, right? And so that's what the spirit is when it comes to leadership, like in the church. So one of the characteristics of Jezebel is that she does not like to repent or admit that she's wrong. If you ever meet somebody, and I, I think that somebody is already saying this right now. I know somebody. <laughs> if you ever meet somebody who does not ever want to say, I'm wrong. Does not ever want to admit that they did something wrong, that they are wrong, or you know, even repent. You are looking at somebody who has Jezebel spirit. Because as a child of God, you should be able to admit, oh yes, I've done this wrong, I'm sorry, you know, or repent. A person operating in a Jezebel spirit always thinks that they are right and operate in a spirit of haughtiness, pride. That's why I was saying that last week that, you know, the, the, the spirit of um, Leviathan comes with the spirit of Jezebel because, you know, the pride spirit is there. They never want to apologize. They never want to say they're wrong. And they're always right. And you see this in, in wives that have Jezebel spirit. They were always like, they, they always think that you're right and your husband is wrong. <laughs> but anyway, so to repent means to change our hearts and turn from sin. Repentance causes us to uh, humble ourselves before God. And that's the opposite of pride. Okay. So if somebody cannot humble themselves, you know, and one of the, the key evidence of humility is worship. If you can worship the Lord. People who, have, who, people who have the spirit of Jezebel, they worship themselves, okay? They, they elevate themselves. Again, that's the spirit of, you know, um, pride. So, um, so Jezebel does not like to bow down in humility because she's not, you know, she's not humble. She's full of pride. That spirit is full of pride. So those that follow in, in the teachings and ways of Jezebel will also suffer along with her in that spirit of pride. And God says that, you know, he humbles the pride, right? He hates the prideful spirit. And he elevates the, the, the one that is humble. So let's look at Revelations 2, 20 to 22. It says, but I have this against you. You let that woman Jezebel do what she wants. She says that she is a prophet, but she is leading my people away with her teaching. Jezebel leads my people to commit sexual sins and to eat food that is offered to idols. I have given her time to change her heart and turn away from her sin, but she does not want to change. So I will throw her on a bed of suffering and all those who commit adultery with her will suffer greatly. I will do this now if they do not turn away from the things she does. So Jezebel in the, in, in the family, let's look at that. The Jezebel spirit in the home comes to cause division and disorder in the family unit. Uh, we know that, you know, the Bible says that what God has joined together, let no man separate. Um, the Jezebel spirit in the form of adultery comes to destroy this, you know, family. 
If you do not get rid of this spirit quickly, it will destroy your entire family. If you discern that somebody you know is sent uh, to you, and maybe your husband, or maybe if you are um, a man, your wife, and you sense that that person has a Jezebel spirit, well, you need to put your feet down and, as a couple, come together and pray. One, two, discern how you're gonna handle this spirit, right? The a true prophet or a prophetess of God. A true man of God, a true woman of God, a true pastor, a true leader, you know, a true vessel of God will never want to see a uh, a marriage that is God ordained separated. Okay, because what God has joined together, let no man separate. Right. Um. The Jezebel spirit can manifest itself through the wife, through the husband, and and even through the children. Let's let's look at the husband first. Um, the husbands who have Jezebel spirits are extremely controlling. They have controlling spirit. Like they, they you need to tell them where you're going, when you're coming, like how how far it is, what's the address. Like they, you know, they need to put like a tracker on your car. They're very controlling. They're like, they, they need to tell you what to wear, what not to wear. Um, they're very controlling. You know, they, they don't give you any space. You know, if, if you, if you want to go visit your parents, your family, you need to tell them, you know, you, you need to tell him. Um, they don't give you a way to just be. They're very controlling, almost like a narcissistic controlling person you know uh and you know husbands care they are men you know they care they, they want to fix things they they love to know where you are you know it's it's important to communicate in your relationship in your marriage but then there is excess communication like how much how much gas do you use to drive to that place and come back you know they, they measure your gas like how, how, you, you should only be using, you know, two miles. Why, you know, why is your gas, you know, four miles? Where else did you go? You know, they're very controlling. They monitor everything. They control the money and how it's spent. You know, I mean, um, I think that in every relationship, there is the spender and then there is the saver, Right. Uh, but when I say they control the money, like, they're very possessive. Like, you know, they're very possessive as though you don't own the money as well. Like, as though your money is not coming in the bank as well. Uh, if his wife doesn't make, you know, any income, he will only ration out a little bit to her at a time. That's the control, right? This is to keep her under his control and her, and her depend on him. There are some men that are intimidated by women making more money than them. And so sometimes what they'll do is they'll cause a woman to stay home so that he goes out and work. Which is, I mean, if, if it works out, you know, every couple has a different um, situation, you know. Maybe her staying home helps you guys pay your bills because you don't have to spend time at daycare. But there are some men that intentionally cause a woman to stay, be a stay-at-home mom so that he can make money and have control over his wife. Um, he monitors, you know, where she goes. 
he may call you know that they're not spending enough money because they want to be you know frugal but actually to control her you know uh who she hangs out with typical likes or to separate her from her family or friends this is uh abusive emotionally spiritually sometimes physically okay this is done so that he is the only voice that she hears and she has no one to confide in okay that people who have a who are uh, domestic violence they have a spirit of jezebel domestic violence that is a spirit of jezebel okay there is a spirit of jezebel there is a spirit of jezebel in there a spirit of anger resentment in there okay this is done to tear her down to make her feel less than she is and unworthy of love you know uh, husbands are commanded to love their wives as christ loved the church but you know people who have the spirit of jezebel who are husbands they um <clears throat> they they go to an extreme okay they go to extremes so uh you might be listening you're like your husband fits some of the things i've said well you need to stop praying against the spirit of jezebel because that's what you're dealing with okay you need to stop praying against that because a husband should not be that controlling okay that manipulative um husband shouldn't do that husband should care about you and all of that so uh, let's look at Ephesians five twenty five to twenty nine. It says, "Husbands, love your wives the sa- the same as Christ loved the church, and gave his life for it. He died to make the church holy. He used the telling, he used the telling of the of the good news to make the church clean by washing it with water. Christ died so that he could give the church to himself like a bride in all her beauty." <clears throat> he died so that the church could be holy and without fault, with no evil or sin or any other thing wrong in it. The Bible says that, you know, husbands are to wash their wives as Christ, you know, uh, washed the church. Husbands, uh, it says in First Peter that if, if you don't treat your wife well, your, your prayers will be hindered. So if you're somebody who maybe you might not be dealing with, you know, perversion, but you realize that you might be the reason why your your wife is behaving the way that she is, you know, uh, or doing the things that she's doing, because you you might have the spirit of Jezebel, okay, um, and you need to go on your knees and pray to the Lord to help you. God can deliver you. And it says, and husbands should love their wives like that. They all they should love their wives as they love their own bodies. Okay, if you love your body, you will not want to control your body in the way that you control your wife. Uh, the man who loves his wife loves himself, because no one ever hates his own body, but feeds and takes care of it, and that is what Christ does for the church. Okay, so that's the spirit of Jezebel in a husband. Now, I want us to take a break and then listen to the song. And after the song, we can look at how a spirit of Jezebel operates in a wife and then in children. 
Then we're going to look at how to get deliverance. Now, before we go on break, if you have the spirit of homosexuality, lesbianism, the women that um, dresses seductively or the men that dresses seductively are sent with the Jezebel spirit to come and lower you because they already have that spirit in them. Okay, that's what you're attracting. Um, if you are somebody struggling with pornography, and you keep seeing all these women with half-naked outfits on. Those are spirit of Jezebel, okay? Um, nobody in their right mind in, with the Holy Spirit within them will go out of the house looking seductively. You know, and there are people who are dealing with things in their lives that causes them to dress that way. They might feel worthy, um, worthless, or, and so they have to compensate. Um, they might have been, you know, raped as a little child. So there's a lot of happening there, but I just want you to be able to identify the spirit that you are uh, being lured to or liking or feeling tempted by, okay? So let's take this moment to listen to this worship, and then we'll come back.
a little break and listen to the song by Jacqueline Carr. It's called It Has Been Established. So now we're going to go into um, the part about women, how wives can exhibit the Jezebel spirit. So, um, you know, as women, we are to be subject to our husbands, right? We are to be under the lordship of God, of Jesus, you know the Bible says that um, it is the it is the man that rules over the woman. It is God that rules over the man, and the man rules over the woman. It doesn't mean that you know the woman doesn't have a say. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that in this um, life that we live, it is the husband that is the head of the house. The husband that is the head of the woman and that he's married to and um in the case of the husband it is the lord that is over the husband it says in first corinthians you can look at it and and see about the principle of marriage you know we are to submit ourselves one to another right um and so whenever you see that in a marriage the woman is basically um, trying to override her authority, meaning that trying to overstep and and have dominion over the husband, you know, tell uh, the husband has to tell the wife, you know, um, everything. Uh, um, you know, as a husband and wife, you're supposed to tell each other everything, but it's more so like a forceful way, like. Um, it, more so like uh, taking authority over the husband, you know, um, making the husband seem as though he cannot make decisions on, on his own or or um, he, he, he cannot uh, bring ideas to the table as a couple. Like if it's, it's, if it's not her way, then it's nobody's way. You know, that kind of that kind of uh, forcefulness. She has to make all the, the rules. She has to make all the plans. She has to make all the you know, the, the big important um, decisions in the marriage or in the family. If she doesn't do it, then 
his opinion doesn't matter or what he thinks is not reasonable. It's always always her way or no way. That is the type of spirit of Jezebel when you see in a wife that she doesn't want to, you know, include her husband. She doesn't want to um, submit, you know, she doesn't want to. Now, submission is not, you know, a slave, like you're a slave to a man. Submission is understand that, you know, you are becoming one you are partnering with you are making a partnership with somebody you know that you are trusting the person to lead you because a husband is supposed to lead his wife right and so you are trusting you are having a trust in the man say okay i i i trust you to lead our house well because the man the man is supposed to set great examples for the children as well as the woman but the, the the kids are looking, you know, the kids, the mother are looking at the husband to set examples, you know, to to be the the bread the breadwinner. Of course, women are also breadwinners, but you know, the responsibility of a man of a husband is to take care of his home and his wife, right? And, and the responsibility of a woman of of a wife is to love her husband, take care of her kids, and also, you know, uh, be a helpmeet to to her husband. As much as the husband is a help is is a helper to the wife too, meaning that you know he he helps her to achieve her dreams as well as she helps him to achieve his dreams. So it's it's a it's a oneness. It's a partnership. It's a um, together. You're submitting one to another, right? But a lot of um, women, you know, with the spirit of Jezebel, they don't want to submit to nobody. They want to continue to be single in their head. They are married, you know, in the physical. They are married. They have a husband, but in the in the in the mental, in their mind, they they act like they are single. They don't want to listen to anybody's advice. They don't want to compromise. They don't want to talk and and you know negotiate. Because in marriage, there's a lot of compromisation. There's a lot of negotiation. There's a lot of okay. How about you know? How about how about we do it this way or that way? You know, we try your way out. If it doesn't work, let's try my way. You know, there's that that partnership. You know, um, and women who are, um, I would say, independent have been independent for a very long time. Um, sometimes the enemy will will cause a spirit of Jezebel to come in. Uh, to cause them not to want to rely completely and trust. Sometimes it's due to, you know, what have happened in their past. So, but, it, you know, um, the enemy likes, and especially demons, that's what we're talking about deliverance, because this is a deliverance uh, teaching. Uh, you know, this whole uh, episode of, you know, a perversion, it's all about deliverance. Demons love to find a, a doorway, you know. So some of these women who have this spirit, they probably had an issue with your father or they had some a man in the past that hurt them. And that spirit of unforgiveness can open a door for that spirit of Jezebel to come in and say, you know what, I'm not going to trust anybody anymore. I'm going to be the authority. I'm going to wear the pants in this family because I don't want a man slacking again or I don't want what happened to what, what my father did to my mother to happen to me. It's a lot of, you know, things, a lot of cards in the play, a lot of things that are happening there. And so women who are wives to their husband, when they have the spirit, they're very, like I explained, they're very like, I want to wear the pants. I make the decisions in the house, you know, or, or most of the time they want their husbands to stay home and they go out and make the money. Um, it's like a, a, role, a role reversal. It literally is a role reversal. And that's not the case, you know. I mean, there are people who have, you know, um, stay at home dads. 
but I think with the spirit of Jezebel in a wife is that when when she is the one making the money, she does not respect her husband. And we all know that men, to show a man that you love him, you show him respect. To show a woman that you love her, you have to take care of her. You have to show her that you love her. You know, buy flowers and all of that. We love flowers, and you know, um, candles and chocolate and all of that. But to show a man that you love him, you show him respect. And people who are the women wives who have the spirit of Jezebel, they don't know how to show respect to the man because they feel like they want to be in the place of authority. They want to be the the, the the one that wears the pants. The one that the one that leads the house, the one that tells how it should be. Uh, when God is the one that put the, the, the man in charge of the house. And so uh, when the husband does not walk in his God-given position, the wife will take over and rule everything. You know, um, we see the workings of this Jezebel spirit as far as back in, you know, the Garden of Eden, right? Um Adam was supposed to put his feet down and say, hey, Eve, y'all, you know, you and I were there when the Lord said, do not touch, do not eat of this fruit. The Lord said, do not eat of this fruit. I mean, he didn't say don't look at it. He didn't say don't touch it. He said, don't eat of this fruit, right? This tree, don't eat of it. All these other trees are there. But uh, for me personally, I, I think that... Um, we can see an example of a spirit of Jezebel. Um, you know, I wouldn't say that Eve had a Jezebel spirit, but I would say that that was like a an example of um, uh, how when a man does not step in his role as a husband, as the head of the house, how things can get chaotic, right? I, you know, Adam, Eve was tempted by the serpent. She didn't just... It's not like she wanted to wear the the pants in the in the in, in the garden. No, she was just tempted. She fell into temptation. But when Adam didn't put his feet down and say, "Yo, I am," you know, if Adam Adam didn't say, "Oh, you know, uh, listen, Eve, I know what you're saying, but this is what God said." And as as the the head of this, you know, of of this garden that the Lord has put me in charge. Let me tell you what is something that you forgot. That the Lord tell, told us we cannot eat of this fruit. All this other fruit are there. Let's go touch one of those and eat those fruit. You know, so whenever their position is switched, whenever um, a man does not step in his position of authority, of, you know, um, leading the woman the right way, this is what happens. The serpent come in. The, 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 the spirits come in. The, the demons come in. The... The assignment of the enemy prevails. Why? Because the man does not step in. That's why we see so many people, so many, you know, young teens with teen pregnancy, you know, um, some people in jail. Because majority of time, even with research, when you look at it, the reason why all of those things happen, you know, teen pregnancy and, and um, uh, jail and, you know, juvenile jail and all of that, happen to young people is because majority of the time the father is not there or the father is there but is upset in is upset in emotional but he's just providing because you know the the, the wife is behaving like a jezebel in the house so he doesn't know how to, you know sometimes men what i've realized is that most of the time men they when they can't control something they just be quiet and just 
stay in their little cocoon or what they like to call it man cave right or in their head they, they don't say anything they just walk around the house they don't say nothing they just go along with it because they want peace right but if the woman is not bringing peace and it's being influenced by jezebel he just he just step back and let her do her thing and he just be quiet in the house you know and you might think he doesn't notice he does notice he just doesn't know how to you know get into position he doesn't know how to you know um let the wife know what she's doing is not right so you know when you see that instead of judging just pray for pray for the man and pray specifically for the woman too to give her to get deliverance you know god commanded adam and said to him of every tree of the garden you may freely eat but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in a day that you eat of it you shall surely die so God gave Adam this commandment, right? We know that. And it was up to Adam to make his wife follow the commandment of the Lord as well. So it's up to the husband to do that. But when a Jezebel spirit comes in, and Jezebel spirit doesn't just, you know, try to take authority in, you know, over the husband through, you know, decisions and how money is spent or, you know, rules in the house, but also in the bedroom. Like what a Jezebel spirit does, it uses... um manipulation like if you if the husband does not want to do something then the woman would be like you know he, he uh she doesn't want to have sex with him and that's not right that's manipulation because the bible says that you know it says in um in first corinthians 7 to uh this morning the lord led me to uh first corinthians 7 he wanted me to read it and it, it says first corinthians 7 3 it says let the husband render to his wife the affection due due her and likewise, also the wife uh, to her husband. And so the affection that's due to your husband, you are to give whether you're mad or not, right? Because if you don't, and even it, talk, it talks about how, you know, do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Meaning that, you know, the only time that you should not be having sex with your husband is not when you're you know mad but you, you should you shouldn't be you know telling your husband no you don't want to have sex with him because you're mad or telling your wife no you don't want to have sex with her because you're mad that is not part of we don't see that here you know but what a, the spirit of jezebel does and even the spirit of jezebel in men do is that they deprive sex as a way of control and that's not right that's not biblical one two that's that's that is jezebel that's a, a spirit Okay, the only time you're to deprive, it says your, you know, your, your, your husband or your wife of sex is basically when you uh, are fasting, the Bible says. When you're fasting, then yeah. But, you know, after you fast, quickly come back together because you don't want to give the enemy an opportune time, you know, or a, a opportunity for him to come in and cause you guys to fall into temptation. So... Um, going back to it, so because, you know, Adam's heart was not in the right place, he was out of position. Um, that's, you know, the revelation I'm getting is that um, he, he was not in the right place because he was not um, really looking at what was happening. He just went along with his wife. You know, the Bible doesn't really tell about his heart, like posture and what was happening in his mind and all of that. But, you know, before sin happens, it has to first go into your heart, right? Uh, we see that when Eve saw 
the app um the tree we don't know if it's apple or you know we, we don't know what, we, we don't know what the type of um fruit tree the, the 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 tree of knowledge of good and evil is we don't know if it's an apple or banana you know coconut we don't know what kind of food it is if we don't know if it's a plant we don't know we just know it's a tree but the thing is when eve was looking at it right she started to look at it and the more she looked at it the more she desired it so sin has to start from your heart so when she was probably talking to him about eating the 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 tree you know the the the, the um eating the the fruit from the tree you know whatever fruit it was the the sin had to the, the desire had to be in his heart before he actually took position and actually eat of it and so when i say because his heart was not in the right place it means that in his heart he already made the decision because before you sin you it, it comes out of your heart right um it says you know out of the heart flows what the issues of life right that's why you have to guard your heart right um and also even your thoughts because how you know um as a man thinks so is he right and so we see that he was out of position he didn't tell his wife hey this is what's going on god said we shouldn't eat this and the enemy was able to you know come in and uh cause him to you know uh fall into, fall into temptation he allowed his wife to take a, to to make to to basically overstep uh god's direction god's commandment and that's what a husband is supposed to do is supposed to wash right the bible said that the bible says that a husband is supposed to wash his 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 wife with the what with the word wash your wife this is a, an opportunity for him to wash his wife with the word by telling her hey hey yeah 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 i understand you know babe i understand what you're saying however this is the word i'm gonna wash your mind with this word because the enemy has come and tried to manipulate your mind but listen i'm gonna wash you that's what a man supposed to, a, a, a husband supposed to do to his wife is to bring out the word and say let me wash you because oh i love that when a man say let me wash you with the word that is so that is amazing right a man that a man that knows the word of god and can quickly say you know the bible says that we are not to do this this is this, this that or you know the bible says that this 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 that oh okay you know and be able to open the word and say this is what it says that is a that is a type of man that every woman wants to lead um them why because this is a man that is led by the lord that's why it's important for men to be led by God before a woman comes and and and, and joins herself and be under um, submission to him, right? Um, because she knows and knows and knows and knows that this man is led by God, right? And so we see that here. Um, and with the Jezebel spirit, normally a, a husband who is very uh, anointed, very in tune with God, will not really say much, but they will just go into fasting and prayer and maybe cast out some spirits in the house. <laughs> but uh, they will not say anything because, you know, if you are somebody who walks in a spirit, you know when this is a spiritual thing and when this is a physical thing, right? And so most men in this stage of seeing their, their wives be authoritative in a way that is not of God, they will just start praying and go into fasting and prayer because they know what they're dealing with. Um, 
so basically all of what happened adam with adam not being able to wash his wife with the word to cause her not to eat the apple but instead join her this brought up sin punishment from the garden right uh, banishment they were banished from the from the garden we can read about god's divine order for family in the book of first corinthians so go into it and read about it in the in first corinthians first corinthians um 11 3 says but i want you to know that the head of every man is christ the head of woman is man and the head of christ is god okay so that's that that's what god says and that's what we have to um abide by and that and that's why you know i don't understand when people want to marry the same sex because if you marry the same sex then who's the head right are you both the head <laughs> because it says you're the head of every man is christ right the head of every woman is man so i don't understand why you want to marry the same sex when who's going to be your head i know god is supposed to be everybody's head but when you are in a marriage marriage is between a man and a woman uh you who is going to be the leader be the head you know um this that's why homosexuality is wrong because it com- it 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 conflicts with what god has already established it contradicts what god and god does not contradict his word the enemy tries to con- contradict god's word um, there's so much craziness, you know, that's happening. We have to keep praying, praying, praying for the world because the way things are going, it's not the way that, you know, is biblical at all. So what is control and manipulation? God has given the husband to be the head of the wife, not to rule over her, but to cover her. Okay. Not to rule over her, but to cover her. Ruling over somebody, you do it with pride not like i'm proud that i'm able to help this person but i am proud that i have authority over over this person but when you cover somebody you do it with humility you do it with confidence you do it you do it with love okay that is what it means to cover you know it reminds me what god is bringing into my mind right now is the woman who was caught in adultery you know, everybody was ruling over her in a way that would, they were like, oh, we are better than you. You have sinned, you know. And honestly, everybody there had sinned before. Some of them might probably have been in the sin already. But they did not cover this woman. They wanted to rule over her with judgment. They wanted to rule over her with condemnation. They wanted to rule over her, you know, by stoning her. They wanted to just really, like, take you know action into their own hands take justice into their own hands that's what basically ruling over is it means but god who is a husband jesus who's a husband to all of us you know to all of us women this is what he did he covered her and that it that's what it means for a husband to be the head of the wife god jesus was showing us right there how to cover a woman how to cover he was like hey yeah yeah let me wash her with the word right now let me wash you all with the word because guess what all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god have you all not ever sinned if none of you have sinned then cast the first stone and nobody could cast the first stone because Jesus was washing that moment with the word of God. And the woman was able to be covered by her. I mean, by him. The, wo- the woman was able to be covered by Jesus. And what happened was that she, you know, her sins was, you know, a cleanse right there. 
Because Jesus said, you know, go and sin no more. Your sins have been forgiven. And that's what it means to cover that, that when everybody's throwing stones at your wife, when everybody is, you know, cursing at her or saying she's inadequate or she's infertile or, you know, uh, saying bad things, your family members saying all these things, your, maybe your, 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 um, your, your, uh, your, your mother saying all these things about your wife or people saying this or that, you know, uh, are you covering her or are you going along? Because one thing about family is that, especially in the African family, if, if, if the mother-in-law doesn't like you, oh, you must start praying because what's going to happen is you're going to have a lot of issues. So you have to start praying. If, if, if his family don't like you uh, to be his wife, then you got to go and fast it because you're going to have a headache, basically. Um, but, you know, as a, as a husband, are you covering her? Are you, you know, when, when things are going horrible at work and she comes and she complains about it, are you, you know, bashing her or telling her to her face, well, then you do this or do that, you know, or are you covering her with love and say, you know what, honey, it's okay. I understand this is, maybe this is a weakness that you have to work on. Are you, how are you talking to her? How are you loving on her? And it, and that same goes for, for, you know, wives, you know? How are you loving your husband, you know? Um, I, I heard a sermon this week. It says that wives are supposed to love their husbands and raise your children. R- raise your children and love your husband. You know, this woman was talking about how there are things that her husband did in the beginning of marriage that she did not like at all. He was messy. And, you know, as women, we want to we fix things. We want to tell him how to not throw his, his socks near the bin, but is to put his socks inside of the laundry basket, right? We want to tell him, put the seat down. Like, how many times do I have to tell you? You know, it's not what you say. It's how you say it, right? And that goes for husbands, how you say it. And, and it's important that... You say it in a way that is loving because if you don't, then you're, you're controlling, then you're manipulating. So when a, a, a wife operates in the Jezebel spirit, husbands then takes on the spirit of Ahab. When, you remember when I said that, remember when I said that the husband is quiet? Sometimes the husband is quiet because he has an Ahab spirit. Sometimes the husband is quiet because he is fasting and praying. And he knows that this is a spiritual thing. And you have to be able to be good, very quick to discern this. And the reason why I'm, I'm saying this is because I have been around somebody who had a Jezebel spirit in her, and her husband had an Ahab spirit. And I was able to observe that and see that. I was around them, I was like, wow, okay. You know, I, and God put me, God allowed me to see it because he wanted me to pray for them, okay? I didn't go tell them, oh, you... I know you know your wife has a Jezebel spirit, but do you know you have a Ahab spirit? I didn't. I, I don't have to go tell them that. It's between, you know, it's between them one, two, and God knows. Sometimes God will put you on, you know, as if you're a prophet or intercessor. God will show you things that are happening in marriages that you you don't have to go and tell the marriage couple. All you have to do is pray. It's it's your job to pray for them. And as you pray, God will reveal things to you about what's happening. And it, for you to pray even the more in, in, in specificity, be specific about it, right? And so um, that, that spirit of Ahab, we know Ahab was married to Jezebel. And Jezebel ruled over Ahab, okay? The roles reverse when it's an Ahab and a Jezebel spirit. And then um, 
you know, he then steps into the position of the wife and surrender to the authority of Jezebel, okay? Because he has now been a, um, you know how people say that there are some husbands that are like doormats to the out here. I don't really like to use that word doormat, but she's able to step over him and tell him anything to his face and he doesn't say anything back. You know, you, you have to pray for that man and pray that God will, you know, uh, give him the zeal to be in the head of the house. You know, remove that spirit of Ahab out of him. You know, uh, help him get out of that mindset and all of that. Uh, in many cases, when the wife doesn't get what she wants from her husband, she begins to control and manipulate him. One of the main areas where she will control him, like I said, is in the bedroom. The Jezebel spirit operates in his wife in the wife much like it does in the husband like i said okay um sometimes the husband will withdraw money from the wife and the wife withdraw sex from from him so the, the husband will not want to give the wife money to control or manipulate when it comes to women with jezebel spirit the woman will not want to give sex okay but the men will not want to give money so it all falls under the spirit of divination and witchcraft. Really, the Jezebel spirit falls under witchcraft. People who, who are witches and warlocks, they have Jezebel spirit in them. And it's not just one spirit. It's a lot of different spirits that operate in that, in that part. So um, I want to read uh, some scriptures, two scriptures, and then we're going to go on a, a quick break. Uh, and then we're going to come back and listen to how can you discern Jezebel in a child? Now, I want to say this before I read the Bible verses. Don't ever think that demons don't want to enter your children. Trust me. That is the place they want to go quick. Why? Because kids are very, you know, noble. They're very uh, unaware, okay? And they're very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Gentle. Um, they, they are not as knowledgeable right about demons about spirits that's why it aches me and it upsets me so much with these transgender studies that are happening in elementary school middle schools no because kids mind is like a, a slate okay there's nothing on the there they are like sponges they absorb everything and you know if you don't know how demons operate how they enter, how they uh, cause somebody to start to do the things that they want them to do. I want you to go and look at my podcast. I think it was the episode of, um, I believe it was Discernment. I think so. One of the episodes that I, I recorded, I talk about how to discern spirits, okay? Um, because when a spirit comes in you, it does minister to you. It does. That's why it changes the person from homosexual. I mean, from a person who's not homosexual to a person who's homosexual. Okay, it changes the person. Even even like with the Jezebel spirit, from a wife who is loving, caring, you know, understanding to a wife that is controlling, manipulative, you know, all of that. So spirits does minister, does teach, you know, the more they're inside of you. Okay, so when it comes to kids. Don't ever think that demons don't want to enter kids. 
That is the place they want to go to. Why? Because this is a, a, a clean slate. The child has not yet formed his or her identity, has not yet, yet discovered who she is or who he is, what, what she likes or what she doesn't like. And so spirits like to enter little kids. And that's why it's important not to hurt little ones because when you hurt them, you open a wound inside of, inside of them. You open a, a space in them. And yes, kids are very forgiving, but... The thing is, uh, spirits like to to have a, a doorway. If you if you make them upset, if you do something horrible to them, like you know, um, if you you know molestation, child molestation, for example, if you molest a child, that's a doorway for the enemy to come in, right? Um, and so there's a lot of things, even like when you beat your kids, like when you abuse them physically, that's a doorway. So you have to be careful because some people are like, oh, why are my kid, why is my kid acting like this? My kid was so good. I don't even know what happened. Well, guess what? You did something or somebody in the family did something to open that space for that child. Um, and so don't ever think that, you know, kids cannot have spirits. Oh, trust me. I have seen Little kids in middle school, elementary school, with spirits. I have this. I, I'm looking at them, and the spirit is manifesting right out of them. And I'm like, wow. Okay. When somebody beat their chest, um, when they are upset, that's the spirit of anger. The spirit of anger beats. When you ever see somebody who has a spirit of anger being cast out, they, they manifest by beating their chest really, really hard. And it's not like in a, in a joking way, but it's like more so they're manifesting, okay? I, I, I work with kids and I know, I see them, I see the spirits, okay? And, and part of working with kids is to pray for kids. It's a very important. God will show you, God will allow those spirits or those things inside of them to, to manifest right before you so that you pray for the kids. Because you know, you're not just there. I don't know who this is for. But if you work with kids, you're not just there to, you know, teach them about, you know, lessons and, and about the Bible or Sunday school and check mark. No, you're there to pray for them. The first ministry of, of child, you know, teaching of, of teaching children, of children ministry is prayer. Because trust me, when you get into ministry in with children, uh, God is going to open your eyes to see things, okay? And even when they talk to you, you're able to discern the things that you're saying, the things that you're saying and the things that they are not saying, okay? So um, you, you, you don't ever think that spirits cannot enter kids. I, I oh, every time I, I see a spirit manifest through a child, I get so upset. I get so, I'm like, oh, if only they can renounce this spirit, we can cast out this spirit out of that child so quick. That, that, that child is going to come back to normal, behave like a normal child. You know, kids are not aware of spirit. They're not aware of demons. Normally, you know, little kids are not. So you have to go about it with the wisdom because you don't want to scare them. They don't even know they have a spirit inside of them. That's why it's important to pray. First, pray, 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 okay? And as a, a teacher or as a you know, student ministry leader, 
Anoint the chairs. Anoint the room. Before the kids come, pray over the room. Command, you know, the Lord, the, the presence of the Lord to be in the room. The Holy Spirit to come in. Okay? You don't have to, you don't have to be in, in children's ministry to, to, to do that. You can be a teacher, you know, in, in the public school. Anoint, anoint your classroom. Anoint the tables and the chairs. Okay? Pray worship music when you're not in there. Okay? Pray the word of God. Okay? And, and pray for them. Be, let them be on your prayer watch. Um, the, as you pray for them, God will, will tell you things, will show you things about them that you can pray about. Okay? The ministry of children, uh, teaching children, is not just, you know, give, helping them get AIDS. But it's, it's deeper than that. Anyway, let's look at the Bible verses and then we're going to go to the song. It's uh, Ephesians 5, 21 to 24. It says, be willing to serve each other out of respect for Christ. Be willing to serve your husbands the same as the Lord. As husband is the head of his wife, just as Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the savior of the church, which is his body. The church serves under Christ, so it is the same with you wives. You should be willing to serve your husbands in everything. 1 Corinthians 7, 3-5 says, The husband should give his wife what she deserves as his wife. And the wife should give her husband what he deserves as her husband. The wife does not have power over her own body. Her husband has the, has, uh, the power over her body. And the husband does not have power over his own body. His wife has the power over his body. Don't refuse to give your bodies to each other. When it says each other, it means husband to his wife and wife to her husband. Okay? Not the same sex. This tells you right here. But you might both agree to stay away from sex for a while so that you can give your time to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not be able to tempt you in your weakness. So I want us to go to listen to this um, song. And what I'm going to do is, after this song, I'm going to do a part three for this uh, Jezebel, exposing Jezebel spirit. Because I, I feel like this is long. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a part three. And I'm going to talk about children for the part three. And also, um, I'm going to pray a deliverance prayer for those that want to be delivered from Jezebel's spirit. And then affirm uh, yourself in the word, okay? Uh, so let's go and listen to this song. moment to dump everything you've been carrying for the last seven days and lay it at the altar of God and say, God, have it all. Father, take my sorrow, take my pain, take my shame, take everything, God, that is unlike you, God. Take it out of us now, God. We declare that you can have it all. Somebody open your mouth and say, have it all, God. Come on. Shake me, Father. Make me over again, Lord God. Come on. This is a corporate worship right here. I dare you to open your mouth and tell God to shake me. You can 